Hey there, Heart Soul Humans. This is your co-host, Zach. It feels like it's been forever since I hopped on here and recorded with you guys, and it's definitely been a long time since I've done a solo episode. So since I have a little bit of free time, I wanted to invest some of that back in you guys, and thank you for being such loyal and amazing listeners. Um, Tonight, I want to talk about staying open in moments of discomfort. Now, what I mean by that is keeping your heart open in moments of discomfort, in moments where emotionally you feel like you are suffocating or being ripped apart or being compressed, you know, these really challenging emotional states that we experience um, either due to losses in our life, be they family losses, job losses, um, strife in a relationship, just interpersonal strife at a job or something like that. We can have these really intense emotional responses and it's different for everybody in terms of what causes this response. just depends on your childhood upbringing, your conditioning, what your values are based on that conditioning. And In some sense, you could use the terminology, the shape of your nervous system. This is a bit of terminology that gets thrown around a lot in the personal development space, in the masculine embodiment space as well. Uh, The idea that your thinking habits, your emotional habits, and your physical posturing habits grease a groove neurologically, so to speak, and can affect the way that you feel. So what I mean by staying open is I literally mean keeping your heart emotionally open to the moments of discomfort as they come. Being a yes to the discomfort. Not a yes to the discomfort in the sense of like, this is how I want to live forever. This is my new state of being. And I'm totally okay with this, but just a yes in the sense that this discomfort is occurring. This pain is here. It is present. And instead of trying to push that pain away and deny its existence and move immediately back into a state of neutrality or happiness, accepting that you are in, (laughs) that you're having a shit day, basically, accepting that you're having a shit day or a shit week or, you know, maybe a shit month, just depends. Um, And being in those, not being afraid of your emotional states and keeping your heart open during those times. Now, I understand that keeping your heart open in moments of discomfort can be incredibly painful. It can be, it's existentially painful. It makes you question your choices. It makes you question your identity. It makes you question why you're doing the things you're doing or living the life you're living or trusting the people you're trusting or whatever the situation might be. So you might ask yourself then, well, then what's the fucking point of staying open in moments of discomfort uh, if it's so painful. And I would say that the benefit lies in the expansion of your emotional capacity and depth. When you are able to sit with the pain offered to you by life or offered to you by your mental purview of the way your life is. And by that, I mean like the stories that we tell ourselves about what is happening in our lives that create a sense of suffering. When we are able to keep our hearts open and 
experience that pain and let it flow through us and not get stuck within us, but also not close ourselves off entirely to it, we expand our ability to live. There's the idea that in order to, <laughs> it's it's this saying, um, you can't know how sweet something is without a little bit of the bitter or something like that. Like you need a little bit of the bitter to appreciate the sweet. In order to appreciate how good things can be, you also need to have the duality of how painful things can be. When we open ourselves up to people or to circumstances that are beautiful and beneficial and loving, we also open ourselves up to vulnerability and pain. And being able, the more pain and vulnerability and discomfort you are able to sit in, that your heart is able to accept and that your nervous system is able to accept with composure and some semblance of grace, the greater your capacity for pleasure, satisfaction, happiness, purpose are as well. I hope that makes sense to you. That, for example, if you are scared of loving, if you are scared of falling in love with somebody because you were hurt in the past, or that's just the worldview that you were given because maybe your parents got divorced when you were in middle school or something like that. And what you learned was that love and relationships equal pain and they equal instability in in the lives of both you and the people around you and relationships and love are unsafe, right? You might have learned that at some point in your life. And so you move through your life, not really ever letting anybody in fully, not really ever letting yourself open to love. And sure, you are protecting yourself from acute moments of intense pain. But what you are also doing is narrowing your range of happiness, of pleasure, of deep soul level satisfaction. You're deciding to live at this chronic low level state of pain and loneliness in order to prevent moments of acute pain and loneliness or shame or whatever the emotion that you experience in those moments might be. Now, when I think about staying open in moments where I really, really feel like I want to close off when I, these moments of closure, I think about the concept of like working out or exercise. Of course, I'm sure everybody's super surprised by that. But if you are doing a challenging workout and your muscles are burning or your lungs are burning because you're going for a run or you're biking or whatever, and you stop before you hit failure or you stop if you still have gas left in the tank, so to speak, and you know that you had more effort left inside of you, sure, you might acutely bring an end to that discomfort. Your muscles might stop burning, your breathe, your respiratory rate will slow down, your lungs will feel like they're less on fire. Um, but you will it will negatively impact your sense of self-efficacy. You will start to doubt your ability to push your own limits. You will start to wonder, am I the kind of person that gives up when things get hard? Um, now that's the example of exercise, but there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of examples of the types of thoughts and self-perceptions that could be derived from, or that could be a consequence of, rather, emotional closure. You might be the type of person who only dates somebody for a year or two. 
before suddenly leaving the relationship and you wonder, you know, am I just, am I just not cut out for love because I've never had a long-term relationship with somebody? Um, when in fact you absolutely have the capacity inside of you, but what you have not done is build the capacity to endure the emotional challenge and at times pain that a dedicated, loyal, long-term relationship might require or, you know, any kind of long-term relationship might require. Um, and this, this analogy could be expanded out to many different facets of life. I'm just focusing on the relationship one because it seems most easy and applicable to, to most people's lives. And so similarly to exercise or working out or, you know, doing high level cardio or, uh, lifting weights or whatever, the more that you do it and the more you kind of progressively overload. And by that, I mean, uh, you know, an, an exercise that could be increasing the amount of weight on the bar or increasing the amount of reps you can do with a certain weight or increasing the amount of wattage you can do on like a stationary bike for a certain set period of time. As you increase that, you increase your, for example, your respiratory capacity, your VO2 max, you could increase your strength and your muscle size. But similarly, in this scenario, the, the longer you can keep your heart open, or the more you can keep your heart open in moments that are really painful, the more capacity and strength you build for yourself as well. And now I do want to put in the caveat that it is okay to close every once in a while. Like, there are plenty of times in my life as well where I'm trying to keep open and I just feel like I am really suffering and I just need an afternoon where I like just shut it down, where I just turn that shit off and I'm like, okay, I'm checking out. I'm just going to go do something that I enjoy doing. Um, I'm going to kind of like shut shut my mind off of this topic. I'm going to shut my heart off of this emotional capacity for a second and like let myself rest that's necessary every once in a while. The goal is not to be perfect. We have such a concept of having to be perfect at everything that we try to do in our lives, but we just don't have to, you know what I mean? Like there, there have a little bit of grace is what I'm trying to say. It's okay if you've lived most of your life pretty closed off and you try and open to a circumstance or to a person in your life and you're only able to stay emotionally open for 30 minutes in a challenging conversation before you're like, okay, I got to just turn it off again. Like if all you could do prior to that was five or 10 minutes before you stormed out of the room and you ended up spending 30 minutes with your heart open, feeling that pain, that is a huge step in the right direction. Sure. You're not perfect at that point, but you're moving in the right direction. And that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. Now, finally, we need to ask ourselves, how is it that we build our capacity to stay open? And I will give the, the caveat or the disclaimer that I've learned all of this from engaging with John Wineland and David Data's work. So this is work predominantly focused on both masculine and feminine embodiment. And remember, every time we talk about this, the masculine and feminine are not gendered. These are energetic concepts. These are polarities that exist inside of every human being or really exist everywhere throughout the universe, throughout nature. Um, but when, with regards to embodiment and expanding our capacity for staying open, some of the best exercises that I have come across through John Wineland's work and David Data's work are largely breathing exercises and grounding exercises, and these things kind of combined together. So we can actually just walk through one right now if you want to do it in that regard, and you can actually get some experiential 
practice with it and just, just get started with it right now. So what we can do is start with a more masculine embodiment type breath practice. And then after this, I will give the, the concept of how you might switch this to do more feminine embodiment. And again, this feminine embodiment can be for men or for women. It's important to be balanced in whatever way uh, your, your heart or your body calls for you to be. All right. So in order to get started for this, I want you to either sit down or stand up. Please don't lie down. Uh, I want you to be able to feel the weight of your feet or the weight of your sit bones, your hip bones against the chair or your feet against the floor. So wherever you are, sitting or standing, feel whatever part of your body is making contact either with the floor or with the chair beneath you. And I want you now to take deep breaths into the space below your navel, below your belly button. And if you can, breathe all the way down into your pelvis, into your perineum, until you can feel a bulging near the genital region. And as you exhale, create small contractions in the pelvic musculature small contractions in the lower abdomen. If you're having trouble breathing in these areas, something that you can do is place the palm of your hand just below your belly button. And I want you to continue to take these deep breaths, filling the brim of your pelvis and your lower abdomen with air. And as you continue to breathe, I want you to feel your feet if you're standing, or your hips if you're sitting, getting heavier, almost as if gravity is condensing in those areas and pressing you deeper into the ground. Imagine that your feet are sinking deeper into the earth, that your hips are sinking deeper into the earth. Feel that weight Feel the energy and attention dropping lower in your body. And continue to breathe, filling your body with air. Filling your body with breath. And now open your eyes if they're already, if they're closed or keep them open if they're already open. And I want you to, without losing track of the weight in your feet and hips, without losing the depth of your breath, begin to relax the muscles around the heart. Begin to relax the muscles of the heart itself. Notice how your shoulders might have been hunched forward and let those shoulders relax and come back. Keep your chest broad. Something that you can do as well is to soften your gaze. Imagine that the space behind your eyes gets softer, more relaxed, and you'll realize that your heart relaxes deeper as you relax and soften your gaze. 
And from this space, feeling the weight in your feet and hips, the full breath in your belly, and the relaxation and openness of your heart and your gaze, feel outward with your heart. In 360 degrees, feel the space around you. Feel beyond the space around you. To the people in the room, to the people in the room adjacent to you, to your lover if they're in the room. Expand your awareness, expand your feeling state from the heart, through the heart, out into the world. And feel all living things, all of the pain in the world, all of the happiness, all of the joy, lives beginning and ending, dolphins in the ocean, eagles in the sky, worms in the dirt, the stillness of the trees, the expressiveness of the fire and wind. And if you can push yourself even further, expand the feeling state of your heart beyond Earth, out into the universe. Feel the expansive, empty space between the stars and planets that is simultaneously teeming with energy and life. Feel the stars and planets themselves. Feel the energy that permeates everything in the universe. Feel the consciousness that bears witness to this as well. And there you have it. Your heart is open. Your body is open. You're grounded. And yet feeling and observing at the same time. Now, if you were to do this exercise uh, in moments where you are acutely challenged, I would encourage you to just do the basics of the exercise, to feel your feet or your hips on the, the earth or the chair, respectively, to take deep breaths into your lower abdomen or into the bowl of your pelvis if you can feel your perineum expanding and contracting with each breath, and then to widen your shoulders, soften your gaze, and just allow your heart to feel the space around you. You don't always have to take it out to the full universe or do anything like that. Um, but I wanted to give you the full, <clears throat> the full exercise if you wanted that. But just being able to feel your, your hips in the chair, your feet on the ground, the breath in your body fully alive, your heart relaxed and softened, your gaze relaxed and softened, the entire front line of your body in relaxation, feeling outward all around you, then your heart will be open in those moments. Be patient with yourself. Practice steadily. You're not meant to be perfect. You're not meant to get it right all at once. Now, if you're saying, Zach, I identify more as a feminine being, or I already have a very well-rounded and robust masculine energy, I would rather do a feminine practice for this. I would say that it would be fairly similar in the sense that you will be taking deep breaths into your lower abdomen, into your pelvis, feeling your heart opening and expanding. But I would encourage you to let your body or let the emotions that you are experiencing move through your body. This can come in the form of dance or 
just any form of unstructured movement. Uh, this could be that you just start shaking your legs out. It could be that you start moving your arms slowly with a flow. Just let the energy of life and emotion move through you. And this would be the more feminine expression of how to do this. Um, that practice, or at least the feminine aspect of that practice, will likely evoke the presence and awareness of your partner if you're doing it near or around them. Um, and as you become more artful with that practice, it will be a way for you to demonstrate through your body and through your nervous system the way that you are feeling and the things that you need. Um, so anyway, uh, what you can tell from these practices um, is something that you probably noticed from your life at this point, that emotions affect the shape of our body. You know, if we feel closed off, we physically close. We hunch our shoulders forward. We cross our arms over our chest or our abdomen. We block the flow of energy outward around us. If we feel confident and at ease, we lean back in our chairs. We open our chest and our bellies to the room. We might spread our arms out on the chairs near, near us, or we might just stand there confidently with our hands on our hips. And similarly, or conversely rather, your body also affects your emotional and thinking states. So if you are stuck in a negative thought loop or stuck in a sticky emotional state, notice what your body is doing. Notice the shape that your body is taking and start by changing the shape of your body. Take deep breaths, systematically relax the areas of your body, whether you need to go head to toe, toe to head, or just with the target areas that you know you hold tension in, like your shoulders, your chest, your jaw, um, maybe your belly. Start there and then try and open your heart. And if you need to, you can really place a lot of attention and focus on your heart and be with that pain or be with that need, that desire that you have and sit with it. Um, and if you do this even once a week, but ideally if you do this every day, it will change the structure and shape of your life. So you change the shape of your body, you change the shape of your emotions and thoughts, you change the shape of your life. Anyway, that is all I have to offer you today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And it was nice to talk to you again. I really miss you all. <laughs>